welcome to our Kingdom Culture Podcast. For today's message, we are thankful for what God is doing through this podcast to encourage and transform lives around the world. If you have a story to share about how God has encouraged or transformed your life through this podcast, we would love to hear about it by emailing us at mystory@kingdomculture.ca. If you would like to support this ministry financially to help us bring messages like this to you every week, you can do so online at kingdomculture.ca at the give option. We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy. Hey, Kingdom Culture family. Hope you're doing well. I can't believe we're already into the third week of January. Man, I miss all of you. We're still in this weird online, crazy, yet but good at the same time season. And uh, I'm just excited because God, I know God is moving just as powerful as he would if we were in the flesh. Now, I'm not saying that I don't want to be back in the flesh again. I love it. But I just believe God is still going to use online for as long as he needs to. I mean, he always will, of course. But I'm just excited that we're able to bring fresh stuff to you every week. And I want to encourage you, like, subscribe, share the link, share the Facebook link, whatever the case may be, whatever you're watching from, because today we have another special guest with us, really close friend of mine, him and his wife uh, are close with Michelle and I. We absolutely adore them, Lyle and Allison Phillips. And our guest today is Lyle Phillips. He's an amazing, amazing friend, known him for probably about seven to eight years now. And we love what he carries. He leads an incredible church in Nashville called Legacy, doing incredible things, super inspiring leader. And I wanna encourage you, take out your notes, lean in this morning. I know God has a word for you and he's gonna speak to you through Lyle. Lyle, welcome, welcome, let's go. Kingdom culture in Canada, what's happening? Pastor Lyle Phillips here from Nashville, Tennessee. It is so good to be back with you on this wonderful Sunday morning in January. I only wish that I could be with you in person, but I'm sure that soon enough, we'll get to make that happen. When you see your pastors, Sean and Michelle Gaby, could you please hug their necks for me? I miss them dearly, and I just wanna kick off this morning's message by honoring your leaders, honoring the call of God that's on their life, honoring the anointing, Uh, that rest upon their ministries and just say that I really, really believe in your church because I really, really believe in your pastors. So Sean and Michelle, you guys are so blessed to lead such a wonderful community and I feel so honored uh, to bring this word this morning to help kick off 2021 in a really powerful, incredible way with King Jesus. Today, as we kick off, I have a message for you here that I have entitled The Pledge of the Mighty. The Pledge of the Mighty. And I'm going to be giving you three commitments that I would like you to take with me today. A pledge of the mighty ones, kingdom citizens, kingdom warriors, if you will, uh, commitments that we're going to make this year to see an incredible impact take place in our lives, in our church, and in our cities unto the glory of Jesus. Now, before I read the scripture today, and I will be going um, into Judges chapter 6, so if you want to go ahead and grab your Bible, put your thumb in it, or open up your app, you can do that. I'm going to go to Judges chapter 6, and I'm going to read the first portion of the story uh, of the great warrior Gideon. 
And if I could, I'll give you some homework as well. Judges 6, 7, and 8 is the full story of Gideon. But I want to focus today on the call of Gideon as we talk about these commitments, as we talk about the pledge of the mighty. So as you're opening in your Bible to uh, Judges chapter 6, I want to talk to you just a moment about the word of the Lord over 2021 for us. Uh, And when I say us, I mean our church here in Nashville, but I also believe it's a word uh, for kingdom people all over the world. And that one particular word is the word inhabitation. Uh, A few weeks back, uh, our church here in Nashville, we were hosting a volunteer party. And during the party, we began to pray and began to ask the Lord for words that we might declare over 2021. And we felt spontaneously from the Spirit that we were supposed to declare that 2021 would be a year of inhabitation. Now, in just a few weeks, our church, we're going to be moving into our brand new church facility uh, just down the road, a mile and a half from where I'm at today. And that church is, uh, it's a larger facility. It's going to create space uh, for our church to grow and to have more impact in the city of Nashville. And so very practically in the natural, uh, very obviously, we are going to be inhabiting uh, a new space. And I want you to know that I have been praying that over kingdom culture as well. I know the last few years you guys have been on a journey. And as I've talked with Pastor Sean and Pastor Michelle, we have been praying with you guys that God would bless you this year in 2021 to inhabit a space. Uh, Whether that's the theater or a new space he has for you, I am declaring and proclaiming over kingdom culture that you guys would be blessed to inhabit the space that God has for you to host his presence as a local church. And so knowing that we were stepping into this here in a couple couple of weeks, we knew that it was appropriate uh, for us to proclaim what we sensed that the Spirit was speaking, which was that 2021 would be a year of inhabitation. And uh, as we always do, anytime we receive a word from the Lord, we go and we look, uh, we look up that word to, to, to gather and to galvanize uh, around the definition of that word. And so I usually start by just looking it up in the dictionary. And so as we're kicking off here, stay in Judges 6, but as we're kicking off here, uh, I want to talk to you just a moment about inhabitation, this word of the Lord. Um, the word inhabitation obviously uh, begins the, the root word habitation. Um, habitation is a dwelling place. A habitation is a home. Uh, A habitation is a place that you occupy. So that's a habitation. Now an inhabitation actually implies action. An inhabitation implies movement. We're not sitting on our hands in 21. We're not mediocre. We're not apathetic, but we are ready to go. We are moving with the Spirit of the Lord, and we are inhabiting our promised land. So inhabitation is the action of going in. It is the action of going in to occupy or to take possession. And I don't know about you, kingdom culture, but I am declaring, I am proclaiming, I am receiving, and I am ready to take possession of the promises that I know that the Holy Spirit has made over my life in 2021. And if you agree with that, just say amen right now from your couch. Go ahead, high five your spouse, your cat, your dog, your kids, even if they don't want to say he's talking about me. Amen. I do believe that God is allowing us to inhabit territory, but you know what I also believe, church? 
I believe that God is going to be inhabiting our territory. We're going to move from, and I know many people have said this, but I believe it in 21. We are going to move from temporary, momentary visitation into a consistent dwelling of inhabitation of the glory of God. If that has been your prayer room, your prayer closet, your living room, if that has been your church, if that has been your car, your commute to work, wherever it is that you commune with God, I believe that 2021 is really going to be a special year of intimacy and inhabitation for you as you not only inhabit your promises, but God inhabits our houses and God inhabits our hearts. And if you agree with that, just say amen as well. So I do believe this. And uh, not only will we inhabit those places, not only will God inhabit these places, uh, but I also I'm believing that God would raise us up as not only revivalists, but also reformers so that we might go into the city, the cities in which we are called and inhabit those places as well. Not to uh, hoard authority over anybody, but to take responsibility for the communities that God has us planted in and bring blessing and bring love and bring transformation to those places as we go in and as we inhabit. So as we kick off, as we're getting to Judges 6, I just want to proclaim this over you, kingdom culture. This is going to be a year of inhabitation. Take your space, occupy your promises in Jesus' name, mark out your dwelling places and inhabit them in the name of the Lord. Amen. So as I reflected on this word, uh, I felt the story of Gideon uh, was also appropriate to bring up and begin to study. And so I've been spending some time recently just studying the story of Gideon again. Uh, Judges 6, 7, and 8, as I mentioned. And uh, as I studied the story, I was reminded of a word that God spoke to my heart some years ago as we were just getting started here in Nashville, long before we ever planted a local church. But we were a ministry, and we met together on Sunday evenings in a living room. That's how we got our start here. And before long, there was like 60, 70 people that would come into this house. The cops would get called. They thought we were partying, and we were. Uh, we were just partying in a different spirit. And uh, they were concerned about the noise, and we were having church, man. We had this ministry there. And I remember one night, uh, we were worshiping. You know, we were going in, as the definition of inhabit says, to take action, to go in. We were going into the presence of God. We were worshiping. Uh, we were just going crazy, getting wild, you know. Uh, like you guys do at Kingdom Culture. And I remember hitting my face, and I, I, I felt that the Spirit of God spoke to me, and he said, I'm going to give you a Gideon's army of 300. And uh, I, I felt that with a lot of clarity, but it kind of sh shocked me. I, I was shook, as they say, right? It kind of shocked me because I thought to myself, God, how could you ever grow this, this ministry that we have here that meets in a living room to 300 people, much less an army of warriors, of kingdom warriors, like Gideon's army of 300. Like that is absolutely mind-blowing. I can't believe you want to do that, God, but I trust you. And I say yes and amen. It, it seems wild, but I trust you. And, and I agree in Jesus' name. And so as I've been studying this, I have been thinking a lot about the spirit that was on that army of 300. And I'm sure you guys know the story. We're going to get into it here. But that spirit, I believe, that, that warrior spirit, that tenacious spirit, uh, that aggressive spirit, that spirit that says, I will inhabit the promises, I will inhabit the promised lands, I will inhabit uh, the territory that God has marked out for me, I'm going for it in 2021. I am praying and declaring that that spirit is resting upon us, 
that that spirit is resting upon you and that we just won't take no for an answer. I remember one time a friend of mine, David Wagner, prophesied over me. He said, you just have an I told you so anointing. And I said, yep, that, that makes sense. Uh, that's true. I love to do things sometimes just in spite of hell and Satan, just to go after the things that he thinks he's got under his control so that Jesus could receive glory and that we could see transformation in places that the enemy never expected us to come. That is the type of spirit that anointed Gideon's 300. That is the type of spirit that is uh, resting upon kingdom culture in 2021. And that is the type of spirit that I'm going to take hold of and I am going to inhabit. So if that's what you're planning to do alongside me, alongside your pastor, Sean and Michelle, just say, that's me. We're going to go after that today, kingdom culture in Jesus' name. So uh, let's go to Judges chapter 6. We're going to read Judges chapter 6, verse 11, and we're going to get through uh, verse 16. I'm, I, I'm not going to exhaust you today with Scripture. We could do that. We could read big chunks uh, through 6, 7, and 8. We won't do that. But I want to read verse 11 through 16 and really focus in on the calling and the commitments uh, of Gideon and his army because those are the commitments we're going to make for 2021, okay? Three commitments, the pledge of the mighty. Are you ready? I can't hear you. Let's go. Judges 6, 11 says, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth at Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Ab Abazarite. And while his son, Gideon, this is our hero of the story, right? This is, the, this is the guy in lights for this story, was beating out wheat in a wine press in order to what? To hide it from the Midianites. Now, I have to pause here because I pointed out that Gideon is the hero of the story. But when we find Gideon in this passage, he is, he is huddled down, protected by the walls of a wine press in absolute fear. He is afraid of an army, which, which are the enemies of Israel, the enemies of the people of God called the Midianites. And what's happening here contextually is that the Midianites are consistently attacking the Israelites and they are plundering their resources. I'm talking about their food. I'm talking about their finances. I'm talking about their people. And I know I'm talking to some of you today because 2020, uh, 2020 uh, felt like you were being plundered uh, by an enemy army. Your, your resources were being stolen. Your relationships were being stolen. And so you might find yourself today, uh, beginning of 2021, thinking, how could this really get any better? I'm just doing my best to stay protected. Well, guess what? You have good biblical company in the hero of this story, Gideon, whom the angel of the Lord visits supernaturally in, a, in an encounter, and he begins to speak to Gideon as Gideon is, is in fear. He's beating out wheat, meaning he's cultivating his family's food, but he's doing that in a wine press. You, I don't know about pressing wine, and I don't know about beating wheat, but I know you don't do that in a wine press, but that's what he's doing because he is scared. So remember, Gideon is found in fear. An angel visits him. You know why? Because God is about to raise him up despite his fear. God is about to empower Gideon and put a spirit on him that's going to allow him to inhabit the promised places that God has for him and for his people. Let's read on. And it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valor. Are you serious? Gideon was afraid, and yet this was the word that God had for him. You are a mighty warrior. And Gideon said, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why then has all of this happened to us? 
How many of you guys said that in 2020? You're like, yeah, I, 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 I definitely declared I was blessed. Like I posted hashtag blessed on Instagram and everything. And yet if God has truly blessed me, then why in the world did we experience what we experienced in 2020? And he said, why has this all happened to us? And where, where God are all these wonderful deeds that our fathers recounted to us? All these testimonies that we've heard. Uh, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt, you know, out of that place of bondage, out of that place of slavery? We might use this illustration to talk about our salvation. Did not God save us? Did he not set us free from sin? Did he not rescue us from our old life? We've considered ourselves to be blessed, and yet this is our portion. This is what I had to walk through in 2020. I'm huddled up in my fear. I can't shake free of this. I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get some food for my family. And and here it is, I'm having a visitation in January in Jesus' name. And God is speaking that you are a great, mighty warrior. And then the Lord turned to him and said, Well, go in this might of yours and save Israel from the hand of Midian. Get this question, do I not send you? That's what the Lord is speaking to you today. And he said to him, Please, Lord, how can I save Israel? Behold, he starts to examine himself. He says, Behold, my clan is the weakest clan in Manasseh. And I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, but, yeah, that's true. Doesn't, he doesn't necessarily uh, deny those truth claims that Gideon makes. He said, okay, yeah, that's true. But, but I will be with you. And you know what that means? That means you've got a majority. You might be of the weakest uh, tribe. You might be the smallest member of your family, but if God is with you, then you have the majority and you have everything that you need to inhabit those promised places. And you shall strike the Midianites as one man. What does that mean? He said, I'm going to reduce the strength of the enemy that has come against you as though you were fighting against one person. And as you'll see uh, historically in just a moment, that is one over 120,000 foot soldiers of the Midianites that God was raising up Gideon to confront. One man against 120,000, and this is the promise of the Lord. He says, you're going to strike this entire army as though it's just one person. So we've established a few things here in this passage. We've established that Gideon is scared. He's hiding, and yet God chooses him as the hero of the story. Uh, we've established here that God has spoken words of life. God has spoken words of power over Gideon's life and over Gideon's assignment, his ministry, his purpose, his destiny, whatever you would like to call it, just as he's spoken over us. Despite the fact that we might be in fear, God shows up over you, to, uh, over you today uh, in January and says, you are a mighty, mighty, mighty warrior. Uh, and then, of course, it, you know, he and uh, God and Gideon get into a little bit of an argument here. Uh, and it's, it's awesome for me to see that as many times as Gideon refutes God's good words uh, with, his, with his reasoning for being inadequate, God 
consistently speaks life over Gideon. God consistently gives him a better word and God consistently gives him an upgrade in his thinking. Let's look at this. You see Gideon in a wine press and then God says, I'm with you, mighty warrior. And then Gideon says, well, you have forsaken us. And God says, well, go in might. And then lastly, Gideon says, I'm the weakest and the smallest. And what does God say? I am with you, therefore, that you will win. What can we uh, take away from this conversation between Gideon the, and the angel? Simply this, and write this down. God believes in you way more than you believe in him. God believes in you way more than you believe in him. No matter how many protests that you make to God in prayer, he has plenty more promises. No matter how many times you complain, no matter how many grievances you voice, no matter how many times you remind God about your inadequacies, God is faithful to remind you about his strengths. And those strengths are made perfect in your weaknesses. And this is the spirit that is coming upon Gideon. This is the spirit that's coming upon you. And this is the spirit that we're going to make our very first choice today, uh, the pledge of the mighty. This is the pledge of the mighty. So number one, write this down. This This is point one. Point one, okay, of the pledge. Point one of the pledge. This is the first commitment. Make this choice. 2021 is going to be the year that I choose to believe what God says about me. Come on, no more will you believe any lies. No more will you believe what what, uh, the enemy says about you or a family member has said about you in the past or a teacher or a coach or some other word curse that has come upon your life. We break that off today uh, by the authority of the finished work of the cross in the name of Jesus. May the blood of Jesus break off every word curse over your life today. In Jesus' name, 2021, the Pledge of the Mighty. This is going to be a year that you take God at his word, that you say yes and amen. I believe what God says about me, my identity, and I believe what God says that I can do, my purpose and my assignment. Make that choice. No more hiding in 2021. No more reluctantly hoping, air quotes, that things just get better on their own. No, I want you to be bold Know this, kingdom culture, God is with you. You are a house of mighty warriors. You are a tribe of mighty warriors. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world in Jesus' name. You may feel like the weakest. You may feel like the smallest in all of Ottawa. Uh, But God says he's with you. And you know what that means? You have everything that you need to win. God increases Gideon's stature. God decreases Midian's stature. He says you're going to strike the Midianites as one person. That means that he diminishes Gideon's perspective of his enemy and he increases Gideon's perspective on himself and the size of his God. And I believe that's what God is doing for us in 2021. In 2020, we have been far too impressed by the size of our problems. We have been in prayer telling God about how big our problems are. But in 2021, what we're going to do is we're going to start to tell our problems about how big our God is and overcome with that spirit of a mighty warrior, that spirit of the 300 in Jesus' name. How many of you guys like that movie, 300? It just, it, you know, it just moves you on the inside, doesn't it? You just think, you know, dude kicks that guy into the hole. You know, this is Sparta. That's the type of spirit I'm talking about for 2021. 
Not some lazy spirit, not some critical spirit, not some haphazard spirit. I'm talking about a renewing spirit. I'm talking about a strengthening spirit, a spirit that says, man, I'm not just worried about me and mine huddled together in fear in a wine press. I'm trying to see freedom for my city. I'm trying to see transformation for Ottawa. I'm believing for reformation for my nation, Canada, in Jesus' mighty name. That's what happens to Gideon. That's what's happening to you right now in Jesus' name. And so if you will continue to do the homework I've assigned to you today, if I have the ability to do that, read through Judges 6, 7, and 8, you're going to read a fantastic story about this guy, Gideon. He's awesome, man. I mean, he does some incredible things. He goes on to defeat the Midians, of course, and then he goes back through the towns that have taunted him as he was chasing a couple of kings, and he destroys those towns too. Like, I mean, this guy, he, he's a wild warrior. Like, I respect that energy. Uh, but he didn't do all of this alone, of course. He did this within the context of the 300. And uh, how in the world, how in the world did Gideon go from uh, being afraid in a wine press to becoming this, this leader and, uh, you know, to, to give a nod to Pastor Sean, a supernatural leader, right? Because Gideon totally subscribed to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. And he was a supernatural leader in the kingdom of God that led these 300 and, and well beyond the 300 initially. But he led this, this army of the Lord to defeat uh, these kings and to inhabit these promised uh, territories. Uh, how did he become a dynamic, notable leader like that? Uh, yeah, he definitely listened to the podcast for sure. But he also did something else. And you'll see this in, in, in 6, 7, and 8 and Gideon. I, I believe it might be at the tail end of 6 or maybe the beginning of 7. I, I, I didn't want to overwhelm you with too much scripture. But I want you to read it, okay? Because I want you to see how Gideon became anointed as a kingdom leader. God said uh, in, in, in Judges, God said the way in which Gideon was to become an anointed supernatural leader is that he had to take action. He had to inhabit. He had to take action on two altars, okay? You'll see this. He had to take action on two altars, which this moves us into our point two of the pledge. He had to take action on two altars. Number one was, an, was the altar of God, and number two was the altar of Baal, okay? So what God raised Gideon up to do was to build one altar, was to construct, was to cultivate an altar of intimacy. It was to, it was to recreate and it was to establish a, a resting place, a place where the Spirit of the Lord would inhabit, a place of devotion, a place of consecration, a, a, a place of, of fully giving oneself to, to Yahweh as we have been asked to do in devotion. And so whenever Gideon does that, he takes action on altar number one. And he builds that altar unto the Lord. What happens? He gets a revelation about God's character. And he begins to proclaim uh, th th this thing about God that we really haven't read much about before, which is this. The Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. And if you've ever led anything in your life, you know that the presence of peace is absolutely required. Come on, how many times have you been at, the, been, been at a fork in the road and you said, God, which way do I go? Which way do I lead these people? Which way do I take this project or this assignment? And you look for the presence of peace to guide you as a compass for where it is that you're supposed to go and to lead the people who are behind you. So this is a very important altar 
that Gideon takes action on. And remember, this is how Gideon becomes anointed. He builds an altar unto God. He gets revelation about God at that altar, and that is one of the ways that Gideon becomes anointed as a leader. It is the same for us, people of God. The way in which we become anointed as kingdom leaders is by cultivating an altar of intimacy, by cultivating an altar of consecration and devotion, and we refuse to come off of that altar, and we get revelation about God, and in so doing, we become anointed. Now, the second altar that Gideon had to take action on was the altar of Baal. The altar of Baal actually belonged to his father, okay? His dad had built an altar unto this demonic uh, little G-god named Baal, and he'd also established uh, uh, an Asherah pole, which Asherah was another idol, right? And, uh, And so God said, I want you to build an altar for me, but here's what I also want you to do. I want you to go and destroy Uh, these altars of these idols. I want you to destroy the altar of Baal. I want you to destroy the Asherah poles that have been set up in your land. I want you to kick out all of these idols uh, from the territory that I've called you to inhabit. And of course he does. And as a result of that, the community wants to stone him, which is... (laughs) Uh, unfortunately, uh, when the people of God begin to rise up and do business with idolatry in the land, it turns people against you, but you stand strong knowing that you've heard from the Lord, that you've built an altar of consecration, that you've become anointed as a kingdom leader, so you have the authority to come against the gates of hell and do business with the idolatry in that territory, and that's exactly what Gideon does. So he goes from this fearful uh, wimp Uh, hiding out in a wine press to becoming a supernatural uh, king in the spirit that's doing business with altars of idolatry. And Gideon's dad comes out because the community wants to kill him. And he says, listen, he said, if he's doing business with Baal, Baal's going to do business with him. So let's, he he earned himself a nickname, which was Jerebabel, which means one who challenges Baal. And Baal, who was considered to be the most authoritative demonic God, it was a demonic God, they didn't see it as such, they thought it was a God, but as a demonic God, he was, he was seen to be the most authoritative, and here's Gideon comes out, destroys it, and they said, man, uh, Baal's probably going to destroy him. So instead of stoning Gideon, they say, okay, well, if, if he wants to pick a fight with Baal, we're going to call him Jerebabel, which means one who challenges Baal, and we're going to see how this pans out for him. Now, we know how it panned out for him. He inhabited the property, the territory, the promised places that Baal was attempting to inhabit, and he destroyed all of that idolatry, and he established a throne room for Yahweh. And this is point two, the pledge of the mighty. This is the action that you're going to take to inhabit in 2021 one kingdom culture point two make this choice make this commitment this is the pledge of the mighty 2021 is the year that i choose to build an altar of devotion to god and destroy every altar of idolatry in my life let me say it again i I know i'm messing with you i'm picking on you a little bit this morning i'm pushing a little bit this morning but listen you guys are reformers you guys are revivalists I wanted to bring this word to you to encourage you because you have world change and you have the spirit of the 300 written into your DNA. I know your pastors. I know what they're like. An idol is anything you have to check with before you say yes to God. And any, an idol is anything that you, have to, that you have to consider before you surrender to the spirit. And that's why point two is in 2021, 
This is the year that I choose to build an altar of devotion to God and destroy every altar of idolatry in my life. 2021 is going to be a year where you're not going to tolerate sin anymore. You're not going to, I I jokingly tell our church, I don't play patty cake with sin. We're not playing patty cake with idolatry. It's not a kid's game. This is a real thing. People are really going to hell. Souls are really on the line. Nations hang in the balance. Cities hang in the balance. The way in which we surrender to God and are intolerant towards sin and idolatry makes a difference on human history. We have to believe that. We must destroy everything that is holding us back from inhabiting this year, church. Let's not get sentimental about sin. Let's not get nostalgic about disobedience. Yes, I know that this altar of Baal belonged to his dad. But he said, you know what? The sin of my fathers, I'm not going to share in. I'm going to destroy this altar of Baal. uh, And I don't care who it belongs to because this territory belongs to God. And I declare he's going to inhabit this territory on my watch in Jesus' name. And so what happens now? Moving on into the third point. And I, I won't keep you much longer. But what happens now? God anoints Gideon. There is a spirit that rests upon Gideon. And he begins to call together an army for inhabitation. The Bible says, I think it's Judges 7 here, that the Bible says that that Gideon begins to go through uh, the cities and he begins to blow a trumpet, right? God has now raised him up as a voice to the nation. Uh, He begins to blow, he's a supernatural leader, begins to blow a trumpet. And as he does, people begin to gather around uh, Gideon, because this spirit is attractive. You know, in, in, a, in a season that everybody's bowing their knee to fear, you know it's attractional? Fearlessness. People who said, no, I'm not going to bow my knee to fear. I'm not going to stay hidden in the wine press. I'm going to step out. I'm going to build an altar to God. I'm not going to tolerate sin. Those people are people that, that, that we like to follow. We like to get behind because we know they're going somewhere and they're writing history. That's, that's what kingdom culture is about. And 32,000 people begin to follow uh, Gideon. But then, of course, God reduces their number by saying, hey, anybody who's afraid, we can't have fear in the camp. If you're afraid, I want you to turn back. I want you to go back uh, to, to another city. And 22,000 people actually turn around. They admit that they are afraid. You see, this has been, uh, they, they've been having their own pandemic, in a sense, uh, of fear. They are afraid. They are scared of the Midianites, and it has riddled their communities. And so as a result, 22,000 turn around, and there are now 10,000 people who are fit for war. They have a good spirit about them. We have to know this. They have a good spirit about them. These 10,000, they say, man, we're ready. We're ready to inhabit. We're ready to take territory. We're ready to fight. We're ready to go to war. We're, you know, we're not apathetic. We're going to go out after this thing. Uh, but God doesn't want Israel to win uh, because they're so great in numbers. He doesn't, and, and, and they still wouldn't have been, even with 32,000, they're going against 120,000. But God said, no, no, even 32,000 is too much. You guys will still take the credit for the victory if I let you go out with this many people. So God reduces their number to 10,000. And then he says, you know what? I'm going to reduce your number again because I don't want you to think that it was because of your strength. And I don't want you to think it was because of your leadership strategy. I don't want you to think it was because of your systems. I don't want you to think it was because of your style. I don't want want you to think it was because you figured out how to do church. You guys get the illustration here. I don't want you to think it was any of those things. I want you to know that you are victorious. I want you to know that you are going to inhabit. And I want you to know that it doesn't come from your strength, but it comes by my spirit, says the Lord. You guys know that passage of scripture. So he reduces Gideon's army to 300. And whenever he's reducing uh, Gideon's army, he says, I want you to go over 
to this place where there, there's some water that, that, that the soldiers can refresh themselves uh, by. And I want you to pay attention to something. This is what God says to Gideon. He said, I want you to watch how they drink because how they drink is going to determine who's in and who's out. And if you grew up in a charismatic culture like me or Pentecostal like I did, you know that a lot of times when we talk about uh, drinking or refreshing our spirit, we get the illustration of wine in the Bible. We get the illustration of joy. We get the illustration of enjoying God and worshiping God. And so I just, as a, as a good Pentecostal, I like this, like watch how people drink, watch how people worship but I actually think that, it, that, it, that it's, not, um, it's not an illegal illustration to, to use in, in Judges chapter 7 because there's something significant about how the, the soldiers drink. Um, the, 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 the predominant uh, method of drinking uh, for the soldiers were to go up to the water, drop to their knees, and put their head in the water and start to drink. God said, I don't want those people. The people that drop to their knees, I don't want those people. But I want you to watch those that, that stay on their feet. And I, I, want you to, I want you to watch those that keep their head lifted. I want you to go, watch those that keep their eyes up, stay on the ready. And I want you to watch those that take their hand like a cup and, the, and they get down into the water and then they bring it to their mouth and, and then they lap it up like a dog, all right? He says, I want you to watch those. That's, those are in. So if they drop to their knees, they're out. For those who, who, who drink like a dog, they bring it to their mouth at the ready, they're in, okay? Now, we know out of the 10,000 soldiers, there was only 300 uh, that moved in this method uh, and manner. And then there was, there was uh, the rest of the 10,000, so was that 9,700 people that went to their knees. Now, if you are familiar with some, you know, Old Testament language, uh, uh, I'm, I'm thinking now about, about the dropping to the knees, and I'm thinking now about the thing that God spoke over the prophet Elijah and when he says, I have reserved for myself 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. Baal is the idolic altar that Gideon has just destroyed. Baal worship was predominant, and some scholars actually believe that the reason for the dropping to the knees with such quickness was simply an act of routine because though some of those soldiers, those soldiers who did that may have actually at one point in time bowed their knee to idolatry. And so God was not going to allow them in the army of 300 because he needed consecrated vessels. He wanted pure vessels, not those who had bowed their knees to idols, but those who stood at the ready that refreshed themselves, knowing that they were going to war uh, with God. These were the remnant people. They were able to curb their appetites. They didn't just plunge their face into the water and drink uncontrollably. They weren't there just to fulfill their own personal desires, but they were there on assignment. They curbed their natural appetites. They drank with their hands. They say, I have an assignment to do. I have a purpose. I have a calling. I have a different spirit about me. I'm not giving into the temptation of idolatry. I've done business with that. I'm not giving into the temptation of my natural desires. Those are just fleeting. Those are temporary. I'm living living for a greater assignment. I'm living for the kingdom of God. I'm living with an eternal perspective. I've got a different spirit on me and I'm going to inhabit the places that God has called me to inhabit. Therefore, I stay at the ready and I do not get distracted by temporary refreshment. This brings me into the, the point number three uh, of, uh, of the uh, pledge of the mighty. And this is a third commitment or a third choice that we're going to make today, Kingdom Culture. And so write it down. It's this. 2021 is the year that I choose to belong to a different kind of tribe. Come on, you guys know where I'm going with this. 2021 
is a year that I choose to belong to a different kind of tribe. Not this tribe over here. No, nope, not the ones that got sent home because they weren't ready to do what God had called them to do, to inhabit. But I'm talking about that remnant group. I, I choose in 2021 to belong to a different kind of tribe. Continuing, a tribe that takes God and his word seriously and severely. I'm talking about a tribe that treats the word of God with urgency. And I know 2020 was a year of refinement. We've seen people come. We've seen people go. There's been a lot more people go than there has a lot more people come. Some of them have been infected by a disease called fear. Some of them have stayed huddled up and isolated and away from the things that God has called them to do. Not just, I, I, I'm not trying to pick on people today, but I do believe that we are preparing for a harvest season. And when you start talking about harvest, you have to start talking about separation because whenever the, the crop comes in, then that means the wheat gets separated from the chaff. Uh, when a harvest season takes place, there's also some sorting out that's got to take place. And I know like many churches, kingdom culture, I'm sure you've experienced some refinement. In certain ways, it felt like that 10,000 may have got dropped to 300. But listen, that is a part of God's plan. And here's why. Because those who are with us, those who are called to roll with us, those who are called to run with this community, then guess what? We are a part of another kind of tribe. We have a different spirit that is resting upon this, on us. And this tribe is a tribe that takes God seriously that takes God's word seriously and takes his promises with severity. This is the type of tribe that I believe that God has invited you into for 2021 at Kingdom Culture. And God has every intent and we as a church have every intent as well to inhabit all of the places uh, that God wants to inhabit through us. He's going to inhabit your heart. He's going to inhabit your house this year. He's going to inhabit cities through you this year. He is going to bring revival and reformation through you this year in Jesus' name. So stop playing with the church. This is kind of my kind uh, sentiments to sign off with. Stop playing with the church. Stop playing church. Get apart. Join that tribe. Have a different spirit. Say, I ain't going nowhere. I'm on the ready. Yep, it's been difficult. The Midianites have been attacking us. The enemies of the people of God have tried to plunder our resources and our relationships, but I ain't going anywhere. I have a different spirit about me. I'm a supernatural leader, and I am going to roll with the 300 like never before. Church is serious business. Stop playing with it. It's not a social club. It's not a game. It's not a YMCA. It's not an Elks Lodge or whatever you guys have. That's the equivalent up in Canada, all right? It ain't just a gym that you can go and join. It is, it is warfare. We go to church on Sunday. We get online. We watch. We participate. We tithe. We sow seeds. Uh, we volunteer where we can because it's warfare. We go to church declaring war on isolation. We, don't, we go to church declaring war on loneliness. We go to church declaring war on the secular uh, culture and we go against the grain to bring a different kind of culture. And you guys know all about that. I'm talking about a kingdom culture. And that's the spirit that is resting upon your church. So get back engaged with the house of God this year. Belong to the army of the Lord. Be about that life church family. Okay, let's sign off with this. I know this has been long enough, but hey, you know, we got pumped up. We prayed together. We went after it. And uh, I know you guys have had such amazing worship today. So it's a good Sunday here in January. Uh, here's the three commitments. 2021 is the year I choose to believe what God says about me. Everybody say amen. Amen. 
Point two, 2021 is the year I choose to build an altar of devotion to God and destroy every altar of idolatry in my life. Amen. Point three, 2021 is the year I choose to belong to a tribe that takes God and his word seriously and severely. And everybody said, amen. That is the pledge of the mighty. That is the pledge that we are taking today. Please allow me to pray for you as we close. In Jesus' name, I curse every spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And for everybody that feels like they've lost their mind, I declare recovery, and I declare a sound mind is your portion. It is your inheritance, and it will inhabit you as the Spirit of God is coming upon you now. Lord, I pray for an anointing. I pray for power. I pray for grace. I pray for glory. I pray for courage to rid that home, their homes, their houses, their relationships of idolatry. And I declare in Jesus' name that they are consecrating altars today, that the Spirit of the Lord is going to visit them and is going to inhabit their homes and meet with them in the same way that this angel met with Gideon. Listen, just because you're afraid doesn't disqualify you from an encounter. God is visiting you this year. God is moving on this church this year like never before. Kingdom culture, rise, rise, rise in Jesus' name. And may the Lord God bless you uh, as he plunders the enemy through your obedience. Come on, remnant people. Those of you guys right now that are watching this and you're saying to yourself, I've been that person. I've been that person for Sean and Michelle this year. I've been that person for kingdom culture. I've been a part of that remnant. You have a different spirit about you and I want you to know you stay on task you stay doing what God has called you to do and you will see the reward you will reap a reward in the land of the living and I just want to say says the Lord because I really do believe that's a prophetic word over you guys so I just pray for more unity more connection and more blessing over kingdom culture thank you church family for having me back it's an absolute joy uh, to serve you and your family. We love you from Nashville, Tennessee. We're praying for you. You are mighty warriors. Be blessed. And, and 2021, be blessed in Jesus' name. Man, what an incredible message from Pastor Lyle Phillips all the way from Nashville. You know, he said 2021 yeah. is a year of habitation. Cool. So excited, so pumped, so motivated just mm -hmm. to see God influence our lives and you're like, man, I want more of this. I want this inhabitation. We want to extend this invitation, one of the greatest invitations you will ever receive. And if you want Jesus Christ to inhabit your life, inhabit your heart, I just want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I thank you for your love. I thank you that you chose to forgive me. I thank you that you were raised to new life and that you've forgiven my sins. And so this day forward, I choose to follow you. I choose to say yes to you each and every day, and I love you. So if you said that prayer, we just yes. wanna say thank you for joining yes. the family. Thank you for joining all of heaven is worshiping yeah. and, and celebrating that you said yes to Jesus this and morning. And we want to connect with you. So yeah. let us know if you made this decision, prayer at kingdomculture.ca. We wanna celebrate you, yes, send some resources on. your way. Let's do we this. wanna plug in, get connected with yeah. you. Thank Absolutely. you so much. This was the most important decision of your life. Yeah. For all the KC family, everyone that's watching, thank you so much for tuning in yes. this morning. We're super excited. So, so thankful for pumped. Lyle this morning yeah. and super excited for next week Let's with go. Rick Pino. Ricky guys, P. don't forget and have an amazing, amazing week. We love you guys so much. Bye.